beguiled again, beguiled again, a simpering, whimpering child again, bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. I wouldn't sleep and love came and told me I shouldn't sleep bewitched bothered and bewildered am I lost my heart what of it he is cold, I agree. He can laugh, but I love it. Although the laughs on me. Yes, I'll sing to him, each spring to him, and long for the day when I'll cling to him. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered am My heart is sad and lonely For you I sigh, for you dear only Why haven't you seen it? I'm all for you, body and soul I spend my days in longing and wondering why <clears throat> it's you me wronging. I tell you, I mean it. I'm all for you, body and soul. I can't believe it, it's hard to conceive it, that you turn away romance. Are you pretending it looks like the ending, unless I could have one more chance to prove my life a wreck you're making you know I'm yours for just the taking I'd gladly surrender
myself to you, body and
please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. gather here, not as a group of individuals, but as a congregation, connected and connecting, companions on the journey, helping as needed, and letting ourselves be helped. Our chalice reminds us of how our connections light our way, that we don't travel alone, but with Unitarian Universalists who came before us, who journey with us now across the world, and who will come after us. Connected across time and distance, we call ourselves together in one strong body. Please be seated. mountain deep as a river come rain or come shine I guess when you met me it was just one of those things but don't ever let me cause I'm gonna be true if you let me let me you're gonna love me like nobody's loved me come rain or come shine happy together unhappy together won't it be fine days may be cloudy or sunny we're in or out of the money but I'm with you always, I'm with you rain or shine. Nobody's loved you, come rain or come shine. Happy together, 
unhappy together won't it be fine days may be cloudy or sunny we're in or out of the money but i'm with you always i'm with you rain or shine Good morning. I'm Catherine Probasco, your worship leader, and I am so excited to welcome everyone today. Welcome to folks in our physical and Zoom sanctuaries. Welcome to folks in the family room and social hall. If you're on Zoom, I invite you to turn on your camera and join in greeting one another. Everybody's got their cameras on. Folks in the sanctuary, let's wave to the folks on Zoom. That camera there behind the piano. Make sure you look in the right place. We want to see everybody. It is good to be together in this church for people of all ages, where we understand that our beloved community coughs, wiggles, whispers, clears our throats, rustles our papers, and makes other small noises along our spiritual journey. We have a playground down front for our smallest congregants with a soft rug and cool toys and the best view in the house. For little ones who need a bit more to do, we have an activity table in the back corner and the family room across the way with toys and a live feed of the service. All are welcome here to learn and love and grow in spirit. We bring our whole selves into this moment, loved for who we are. Come, let us worship together. I invite you to settle in for some moments of meditation. Do whatever it is that will help you feel more comfortable. Maybe it's a few centering breaths or stretching or shifting your body. Maybe you need to exhale with a sound. Release some energy. We're going to practice together a loving kindness meditation, a practice that helps us to remember to love ourselves and love one another. The practice of repeating loving phrases can help us to internalize appreciation and gratitude and encouragement. 
We'll start with ourselves. As I say a phrase, you'll repeat the phrase to yourself, just silently, in your head. Hear yourself offering these prayers to yourself, offering ourselves silent love and care, knowing that everyone else in this space is offering the same care to themselves. In your head, repeat, may I be healthy. Picture what that means for you. May I be healthy. Let any feelings of uncertainty or anger or sadness just sit in the background for now. It's okay if they're there too. For now, try to internalize. May I be healthy. Repeat in your head, may I be strong. Hold any other thoughts in the background. We can have mixed feelings. Just let the loving ones rise to the surface right now. May I be strong. May I be well. May I be well. May I be at peace. May I be safe. What other prayers might you offer to yourself? Repeat those as a mantra in your head. Turn your meditation outward, not towards anyone in particular. Practice letting this be towards anyone, towards the people around you, towards people you don't know. May you be safe. May you live a loving life. In your head say, may you be healthy and happy. May you be surrounded with people who love you and care for you. What other prayers do you have for those around you? Offer them silently too. In the next moments of stillness, offer your meditations for us all. May we be healthy. May we be loving. May we.
spirit of life and love, we continue in prayer. In prayers for ourselves, for all those around us, for all of us. May we be well, may we be whole. At the sound of the chime, you're invited to share in the chat or say aloud all those names that are on your hearts this morning, the people and places that could use our collective care. All these named aloud and held on our hearts, we lift up to the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. As we lift up some other names, those on Zoom are also invited to share other joys and concerns in the chat. We offer care and love to Judith Riley, who is in the hospital again with continued health struggles. And we hold Marianne Davis, who had a fall at the end of January and has been undergoing tests to check on the impact to her body. Judith and Marianne, may you feel the love of this community. We celebrate love with Cassandra Irvin and Brian Slossman, who were married yesterday afternoon in the Memorial Garden. It is a joy to celebrate their commitment together. And we offer gratitude to our youth and to our awesome youth programs coordinator, Alana Rodriguez. Our youth prepared together for several weeks, meeting with folks from Equality New Mexico, and then 15 youth went together to the Roundhouse in Santa Fe on Friday to talk with legislators about some very important bills that are being heard during this legislative session. We are full of gratitude for your commitment and your activism. And it is an honor to give a warm send off to our beloved Lara Magnuson, our Director of Congregational Life. She begins her 10 week sabbatical after the services today. Lara has served our congregation for eight years, and it is the sign of a truly healthy congregation that we can make sure she has the space for renewal and for rest. We will miss her. Lara, May this be the time that you need for it to be. We care for you as a full, whole human being and not just as a wonderful member of our staff. And we wish for you everything that you give so fully to us. May this time be a true blessing. May we all be well. May we all be whole. Amen and peace be with you.
The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again a stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life. May I be filled with love and kindness. Valentine's Day this week, the holiday that people love to hate. <laughs> and our theological theme for the month is love. So between those two things, it seemed appropriate to speak directly to the subject. And then Reverend Angela had a great idea. She suggested that I reach out to the church elders for advice about love from them, from their long experience. So I did reach out to folks who were born in the late 1920s and early 1930s, there's a lot of them actually, to see what they could tell me about love. And the results were super fun, oh my gosh. Some of them were predictable. One person told me that love is about dedication, a commitment to one person through good and bad. Another told me that the key to a long relationship is to treat, treat the other person the way they wanna be treated as opposed to how you want to be treated. She said that to be loved, you have to give love. Another talked about the importance of communication. This person had studied nonviolent communication, which is where a person states how they feel and what they need in a way that is not accusing, but just a simple statement of fact without judgment. I'm a big fan of nonviolent communication myself, and I strongly recommend it if you haven't tried it. There's a lot of good books out there for that, nonviolent communication. Sometimes these conversations went to unexpected places. One elder told me that people should only date over lunches without wine. They said it's a bad idea to go out at night and have wine and a nice meal because it leads to sex. They're not wrong, <laughs> but their point, their larger point is that, especially at the beginning of a relationship, it's really important to be very frank about the life that you want to lead. Do you both want a career? 
What about having children? And so on. And to share, to show some respect to each other during these conversations. So right as I was having these conversations with all our wise elders, I happened upon an article in the Washington Post in which a doctor talked about the same conversation that he was having with elders that he served who had been married for a really long time. He said that usually the advice was vague and unsurprising, like never give up. But sometimes it was clear that a relationship was still a work in progress, even after 30 years. But he was really shocked at how often the answers contradicted each other. One couple would say, we never fought. We always worked through our problems peacefully. Another would say, the key is arguing constantly. <laughs> if there's a problem, get it out, even if you have to shout. <laughs> or one couple would say, we do everything together. My spouse is my whole world. While another couple would say, you have to have your own interests. You can't expect someone else to be all things to you. These contradictions make me wonder if happy relationships just don't have a big element of luck. Who's to say? Certainly not me. But I did see during my conversations with the elders that romantic love was just one very small part of the love that we can experience. To think of love as just between partners is a very limited view. What was interesting about the elders' wisdom is that almost all of them spoke about love in broader terms than romantic. One elder spoke about a community theater that they founded as a teenager that still exists, and how much she loved that institution and the people around it. Another talked about the love they felt for and from the people that they served with in the Navy. One talked about being an elementary school teacher and how she wanted to make every child feel like they were cared for and that they were important just as they are. I bet she was a really good teacher. This idea that love is so much broader and richer than the stereotypical relationship is the theme of a book entitled Love 2.0 by Barbara Fredrickson. Anybody read that? All right. Well, in the so Barbara Fredrickson is an emotions researcher. She researches emotions. And she tell us, tells us that love is actually that moment of connection that is fleeting but powerful. She said that it's what she calls a micro moment of positivity resonance, which I know sounds really jargony, but what she means is that love is a connection that happens when we have this connection that we share with another person over the course of our day. So it can be any person that we have to happen to have contact with us. And these micro moments give us a flood of positive emotions. So we can experience these micro moments with our romantic partner, child or a close friend, but we can also fall in love, even if it's just for a moment, with less likely candidates, like a stranger on the street, or a colleague at work, or the attendant at a, at a grocery store. Now, these are not one-sided crushes. These aren't flirtations. These micro-connections happen when we're sharing a positive emotion with another person. So it can be when we share a laugh about Albuquerque with our Uber driver. It could be when 
A nurse gives us such good care that we feel valuable, and secure, and worthy. There's a thing happening between us. It could be when we make music with someone. That's probably why choirs are so popular. And everyone should continue joining, consider joining one of First Unitarian's musical groups. They just feel so good. Just one micro-connection after another. In fact, and this, Fredrickson's research showed this, when these micro-connections happen, there, there's a wave of positive physical effects that crashes over us. So pleasure hormones are released, we relax, our blood pressure goes down, our brains even become more likely to see the big picture, to stop focusing on ourselves. Fredrickson says that we humans are actually physically designed for this kind of love. It's food for our bodies, just as we need exercise and a good night's sleep. We need these little micro moments of love. So folks may be wondering, what then is a committed long-term relationship if it's not love? Frederick says that a long-term relationship is a bond, not that fleeting feeling of love. Of course, this bond is supported by these micro-connections, these little moments of love that create a long-term relationship, constant reinforcement. But long-term relationships are a bond. Now, for folks who would like to learn more about Love 2.0, we actually have an in-house expert. Frequent worship leader John Eldridge loves this book. And he's very happy to answer people's questions. Unfortunately, he's not coming to church today. He's got a cough he wants to stay home and safe for. But if you see him around in the future, hit him up about Love 2.0. You know? And yes, he did give me permission to say this. <laughs> now, the book shares what Buddhists have known for ages, that among other things, we can foster the habit of these loving moments by practicing the loving kindness meditation, like the song we've been singing. So when we practice saying, may you be peaceful, may you be whole, we're getting our minds in the habit of leading with kindness. That posture of leading with kindness steers our interactions with other people towards the possibility of a micro-connection. Whether we're ordering coffee, whether we're in our homes, whether it's a grocery store, there's always a possibility. It's always a possibility, but it's more possible when we prepared ourselves with this habit of practicing loving kindness. Back to my conversations with the elders, I asked them how, asked them to share their advice about how people can bring more love into their lives. And I love their answers. One person said, to experience more love, give more and do more. And small gestures mean a lot. Another said to help our neighbors and come together in a community of faith. Another said to ask questions and to shut up and listen. <laughs> I think what, what they're all saying is that the path to experiencing more love is through connection, through connection. Now you've probably heard me say that one of my core theologies is that we conjure the holy through our connections. So when we're with someone, we're truly connecting, and it's in a right way, we feel something created that's, that wasn't there before. We bring something into the room. And there's actually a lot of different versions of this idea. Like Buddhists call it being in right, right relationship. There's process theology. 
Uh, and in the Unitarian Universalist worldview, being in covenant. So all of them boil down to connection versus disconnection. And so many problems are forms of disconnection. So the, the recovery expert, Dr. Gaber Mate, says that addiction is really about disconnection. Addiction is disconnection, and the opposite of addiction is connection. When we disconnect from our bodies, it's easier to treat them poorly. When we disconnect from our communities and retreat into our bubbles, we can ignore the pain that many folks experience, like not having shelter. So if connection is so great, why don't we just automatically do it? Because genuine connection runs the risk of vulnerability and shame. When we connect, we may be asked to change. We might be asked to give up some of our control. We might be, asked, we might be made uncomfortable. I remember a time I had a conversation with a friend and we were talking about work and decisions of work and having a sense of vocation and I very blithely said, everyone should do the work they love, whatever it is. People shouldn't do jobs that don't feed them. My friend, who had grown up very poor, got very angry at me. She pointed out that lots of people do work that they hate because they have to, because it's the only option available to them. Whatever the reason, an inadequate education system, living in an area with a terrible economy, having obligations to support family. People work jobs that don't feed them because they are just trying to survive. They're just trying to survive. She let me know in no uncertain terms that my comment was arrogant and clueless. And man, I hated that. I hated being held accountable. I hated being told I was wrong. And I'll be honest, it took me hours, hours and hours to admit to myself that she was right. It was so uncomfortable to me, but I survived it somehow. And I learned a little something. I grew a tiny little quarter of an inch in that moment. And my friend and I are better friends than ever. We're more connected, but it took some of that discomfort to get there. When it comes to connection, everyone here has an advantage. That advantage is that Church is a great place to practice connection. It's one of those rare places in society where we all show up as we are, and we haven't been sorted by things like college admission boards or human resources departments. No one checks our credentials at the door. The church just says, welcome, hands you an order of service. Come on in, connect, we're all invited. But that's just the start. It's not enough alone. We as a church do have to do more to make it easy to connect with each other. It really breaks my heart to hear so often, I hear this so often, when folks come to the church and they like the sermons and they like the music, but they feel lost at coffee hour. This is a big church and it's hard to find a way in. I feel like we need to do more to make it easier for everyone to connect. And I'll personally own some of that. I think there's a lot of things that we can do differently. But I wanna start with some of the experience of coming to church on Sunday. So maybe you saw this meme on social media. 
There's a person saying, these are my husband's rules for church. One, a person sitting alone is an emergency. Two, friends can wait. Three, introduce a newcomer to someone else. Let's take a look at these. So we come together on Sundays for Sunday services as a community, not 150 individuals who happen to be in the same room or same Zoom room. We're a community and we need to live into that. Now, a person sitting alone might be perfectly happy sitting alone and may even prefer being left alone. And it's important to respect that. It's really important to respect that, but let's also look for opportunities for micro connections, for the tiny moments of love, and not just with the people that we know. We're all carrying burdens into this sanctuary or Zoom room. Maybe we can be a companion to the person in the row next to us as they go on their journey. And maybe they can be a companion to us as we carry our burdens together. Okay, friends can wait, friends can wait. That's guidance for coffee hour. And the idea is that our friends will understand if we make them wait while we stop to chat with a person that we don't know. And here's a little bit of advice. Don't assume that if you don't know someone that they're new to the First Unitarian. It's kind of insulting to have been coming for a year and be asked, oh, is this your first Sunday? So let's wait to talk to our friends until after we've spoken with someone that we don't actually know. And finally, invite people we don't know to meet someone else. Let's all broaden the connections that we have with each other in this church. Now, I know this all seems so basic and simple, and it's easy to under, uh, underestimate the power of it. But by putting our energy and intention into connection, I think we can conjure the holy in this church. I think it'll create something bigger than just the sum of us. So if you're a person looking for a connecting point, I have a few suggestions. For one, we have a drop-in covenant group where people can share deeply and listen deeply. It's called Circle of Trust. And it happens on the second and fourth Thursdays of the month. And attendance is flexible, so you can just come when you can. It's not a commitment. And you can find more information in our weekly email newsletter or just come find me after church. I'll tell you how to get in. And here's another approach. Back before I went to seminary, I was part of a big Unitarian Universalist church in DC, All Souls DC. So this was another large church, very large, like 1200 folks, and it could be really hard to find my place in it. But I started teaching religious education for pre-kindergarten kids. And very quickly, I was part of a crew of teachers who became my friends. And I got to hang with these totally hilarious kids who became friends. Actually, I'm reminded of a story. There was this one kid who came in, his name was Emerson, so good Unitarian family. And, and, uh, and, he, and he said, I'm a horse. <laughs> you know, and he just behaved like a horse for the whole like hour and a half we were with him. And we all just thought it was hilarious. And then his mother came to pick him up. And uh, we said, hey, you know, Emerson's a horse. And she was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's been a horse for two weeks. <laughs> so it was great. I got to know their parents, and it gave me a much richer view of the church. I was part of the village that raises a child. And I got to understand how time works differently in churches. We operate not in years, but in generations. 
I felt embedded in the life of the church. I belonged. And here's another thing. In this crazy, quasi-pandemic world, I don't know what you want to call it, parents are more stressed out than ever. And it's a real gift to help them in the care of their children, even if it's just for a couple hours every Sunday. It really makes a difference. Now, I know that both our religious education program and our youth program would love to have more folks helping out. And our youth coordinator, Alana Rodriguez, will be in the social hall after the service. She'll be happy to answer your questions. It really is a meaningful way to connect. Anyway, in the end, it's going to be our sense of connectedness that's going to get us through all the hard things that we know are coming our way. When we're connected, when we feel those moments of love, we can find joy and comfort in the darkest days. It does require risk, but the reward is a real resilience. May it be so. May we be filled with love and kindness. May we be well. May we be filled with love and kindness. May One of love's many forms is to support people in need. Our change for the future recipient through February is Street Safe New Mexico, a small but fierce all-volunteer organization that provides essential services to women trafficked in the sex trade, many of whom are also unhoused and in need of mental health and other care. You can donate to Street Safe New Mexico by dropping your loose change in the collection box or by using the envelope on the back of the chair, simply label the envelope CFF. In the words of poet Rosemary Traumer, today it feels so simple. We are here to take care of each other. How could we ever forget? As if soil could forget it is here to feed the trees, as if trees could forget that they are here to feed the soil. How could anything ever get in the way of generosity? How could we ever greet each other with any words besides, how can I help you? As if light could forget it is here to illuminate. As if dark could forget it is here to help us heal. We will now gratefully receive the offering. It's very clear. Our love is here to stay, not for a year, but ever at a day. The radio and the telephone and the movies that we know may just be passing fancies, and in time may go. 
Oh, my dear, our love is here to stay. Together we're going a long, long way. In time, the Rockies may crumble, Gibraltar may tumble. They're only made of clay, but our love is here to stay. Love is here to stay. Together we're going a long, long way. In time, the Rockies may crumble, Gibraltar may tumble. They're only made of clay, but our love is here to. Will you all join me in honoring and offering gratitude for this offertory that we've collected this morning? I'll spit out the words at some point here. Thank you so much for your generosity. It is such a gift to be able to collaborate in this way to make real changes in our community with our partners. So thank you so much. I wanted to invite you to a couple exciting things that we're gonna be doing in the very near future. Um, the first is UU101. We're gonna be offering it again March 11th from 10 to noon. Reverend Bob is gonna be leading this class. And I want to encourage you to not let the name scare you off from participating. It is called UU101. And sometimes those of us that have been Unitarian Universalists for a long, long time still would benefit from going to UU101 because there is always more to learn. So don't, um, don't feel like just because you've been here for a while, you can't come to this class. Sign up, email Reverend Bob, and um, make sure March 11th, 10 to noon. 10 to noon. Okay. Uh, the second thing I wanted to encourage you to support is our Wednesday evening Vespers. Some of you might not know that every single Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m., we offer a very, I'm sorry, 7 p.m. <sighs> every Wednesday at 7 p.m., we offer a time for a respite in the middle of the week grounding, centering, a time to be in community with one another, just like what Reverend Bob was talking about this morning. And those 25 minute, 30 minute gatherings are led by folks just like you who love finding ways of helping people experience sacred space together. That might mean choosing music or poetry or readings, helping to make a space that feels like a grounding moment. 
And we are looking for more folks who might be willing to be that person to help choose those things that we would offer and help lead a 25 minute gathering. Um, we would ask you to do that maybe once every month or two. So it's not a huge commitment, but it's an opportunity for you to share your gift with others in the community. So if you're interested in that, please send me an email or find me after the service today and I'd love to talk to you more about it. I have two more invitations for folks too. There is a new art exhibit in the social hall featuring the artworks of member artists of the Yucca branch of the National League of American Pen Women. Um, it opens today, it continues through March 26th. And this exhibit is uh, the fine art of local artists who are dedicated to their craft and to sharing their passion for arts with others. Um, there's some really beautiful things. So I hope everybody will take a look at that when you head over there for coffee. Also, uh, the 60-day legislative session in New Mexico is underway for this year. Uh, and in addition to our youth activism, EarthWeb is working to get a green amendment and other climate activism bills passed. This session is focused on ensuring clean land, air, water, and energy. Uh, so visit our advocacy table in the social hall after the services today and we'll help you figure out how to contact your representatives and request their support on these important bills. Do we have any newcomers here with us today? We might have a few online, so will you join me in welcoming them either wave to the screen or give a round of applause for those newcomers. And will you rise in body or spirit for our peace greeting, one hand on your heart and the other extended out to your community for one of those many moments of loving connection. song nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game it's easy there's nothing you can make that can't be made no one you can save that can't be saved nothing you can do but you can learn how to be you in time it's easy all you need love 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 all you need is love all you need is love all you need is Love, love is all you need. Love, 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 
love is all you need. 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 May we be filled with loving kindness. Go in peace and practice radical love. Thank you.